It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. It is indeed. Um, we were just discussing there um, that we are, um, are going to have to do another one because they had another show yesterday. <laughs> we only just caught up with the last one. Um, and um, we are going to start with um, basically um, what was the show on the 16th of April from Shinkaba First Ring. If you go to the last stop on the Tokyo Bullet Train, you will find yourself at Shinkaba First Ring. Shinkawa First Ring is the home of independent wrestling in Japan. It is a one-stop wrestling theatre designed for professional wrestling. That's all they do there. That's all they run there. Six nights a week and twice on Sundays, you will see professional wrestling in that particular hall. Set up so people can run shows, record them on DVD and make money from them. Even the tiny little Japanese promotions that run all the time, they use Shinkawa. Uh, they do a lot of the matches for the stardom uh, shows, did an awful lot of matches there, like the house show stuff in Tokyo. They go to the Kuriku Hall shows, the big shows, or they used to back in the day when they were as big as they are now. Um, so it's a bit of a legendary place. Cheerleader Melissa once stayed there for three months when she was on an excursion in Japan. <laughs> Actually stayed in the kitchen. She lived there because there was nowhere else for her to go. Um, so that will, that will tell you what was going on there. Um, and this show was a celebration of Black Generation International, Puro Negro. Black Generation, of course, is a promotion we've talked about a lot, but this particular company that started in Mexico on the independent companies and has found a home, permanent home in Gleet with uh, International. Um, and this was the whole of Black Generation. They were all over to do a show that celebrated Black Generation International. So what were you expecting from the show when we talked when you saw the lineup, Marcus? I mean, when I had seen this, I, I just, I mean, I kind of expected, like, it was kind of like a tribute show to the the new big bad guys. That's pretty much what I got. Um, <laughs> I was very much appreciative of, because I think, you know, we talked about this on last uh, show. They, they got to have one of the best factions in all of wrestling right now, so. There you go. Um, and then the show started off with a bit of a comedy match. As Jan's family... Masato Kamino, Takanori Ito, and Yusuke Kadama went up against Kazhaya Jiro, Minoru Jiro, and Tondonokakori Jiro. So there were some explanations. They all came to the ring in stern expressions. You might know them better as Kazayashi, Minoru Tanaka, and John Toncho, with stern expressions and um, bandanas. And uh, as I've discovered, Jiro is a chef. He's, um, or Jiro Ono is a chef. And there's the Sukiyabayashi Jiro, which is a restaurant, a sushi restaurant in Dinza. Um, and that was kind of their thing. <laughs> um, they were sushi chefs. Um, and they went up against Jan's family and they beat them in a fun little comedy match. What did you think of this one, Marcus? I thought this was a fun open. I like this 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 sous chef trio, if you will. Um <laughs> Because, I mean, this was this was some of the kick off the show. I mean, you know, we always talk about Glee always kick it off with something fun. But this one, this one, I think they could have, you know, um, 
they build us up. This could this could close the show as well. This was some good fun stuff back and forth. Um, and it's funny you, you call them like you know they come on like they chefs because they very much fought like they uh they opened up a new restaurant and, and y'all's family gave them came in and gave them a bad review. <laughs> that's the that's the energy they was giving. So uh, yeah, I, I dig this. They they definitely can run this back uh, several times for me because this was uh. There's some really good even match. Obviously, we've been talking about Young's family for a while. Now they've been coming up and building, showing that chemistry. And I think um, the Giros, if you will, match them very well. So, you know, them on top of all these other uh, situations that we've seen going on, I think this is uh, a great addition. I hope it's not the last time we get this particular uh, standoff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we've won two more traditional glates style of match as Bulk Orchestra's Kazuma Sakamoto Ryuichi Kawakami defeated Iske Onitsaka and Yu Iska in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. Onitsaka and Iska kind of knew the drill and jumped Sakamoto and Kawakami from the start and that resulted in an excellent back and forth little fun brawl slash straight wrestling match. This was fun to watch because Onitsaka is so enthusiastic and Isco isn't really enthusiastic, but when he gives, gets his teeth into something, he can really go. And Sakamoto and Kawakami were excellent guys to bounce off of. So this was a lot of fun. Um, Sakamoto took the pinfall, I think, in the end. Uh, oh, no, sorry, it was right. Kawakami, who obviously we talked about last week, coming back off of an injury. He's trying to get some presence going. So this was a lot of fun and kind of gets him back on. History took a big loss in the last show, uh, kind of gets him back on track. So what do you think of this one, Marcus? Right with you, man. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff. Obviously, you know, we talked about the Bulk Orchestra being the studs that they are and the Sakamoto and the Kawakami, you know, that chemistry is there. And then um, I always appreciate two of the young two of the young studs, the Gunners, if you will, and Issei and you. Like you say, uh, Eska isn't always uh, as um, active in terms of uh, expression, but when the match calls for us, he can really get turned up, and they did a great job of trying to uh, – you know, keep things in their favor and isolate. But ultimately, like I said, Boca Orchestra is, is true to this, not new to this. And um, I think this was a great, like you said, test for Niska and and and, uh, and you. They'll, they'll be back to face these guys again and probably uh, get a win. But as we always talk about, Boca Orchestra is no walk in the park on any day. So. Absolutely. Um, then we kind of moved into the showcase for um, Black Generation International in the second half of the show. Andrew Tang and Quiet Storm were tagging together. Andrew Tang is not usually a member of Bulco Orchestra. He's just tagging with Quiet Storm. Uh, he's on excursion at the moment. He normally wrestles in Singapore. Um, he's he's works for Singapore Pro Wrestling. He's been around since 2012, so a 10-year career. A lot of comments on Cage Match. They like him a lot. Nine out of 10 and 10 out of 10. Is everything the character, the physique, the probability, the work rate, the moveset, the versatility? He's five foot four doing some own drops and Canadian destroyers. Andrew Tang is a phenomenal talent. And that's what Miss Spicy said. Sorry, MC Spicy said about Andrew Tang. Obviously, we know everything about Quiet Storm. And they were going up against the um, Jacksons, not those Jacksons, uh, Action Jackson and Hartley Jackson of Black Generation International. Uh, Action Jackson, we have seen on AEW television and WWE television. Um, and also all over Lucha Libre. Um, and this is the first time we've kind of seen him an awful lot on the Troopney show. Harley Jackson, of course, was a NOAA regular, currently DDT regular. Um, 
So we've seen an awful lot of him and especially Blake because he's been one of the feature attractions of um, Black Generation International. So this was kind of old school, kind of great in the sense of Quiet Storm banging heads with Arlie Jackson and Action Jackson and Andrew Tang having a technical wrestling match. So a lot of Lucha crossover with big man pedigree. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Everything you just said is the formula for a great time. That's what this was, 10 minutes, there's two seconds. Um, yeah, introduction to Andrew Tang, uh, hell of a talent, 100% agree with the cage match users. He's got a, you know, great future, hopefully, and glee seeing more of him, uh, particularly with somebody like Quiet Storm. I thought it was a, a unique combination, and I think you could put most people with Harley Jackson if you just stay out of his way. Um, but yeah, this was, this was a great back and forth, and again, it was, it's always, um, interesting seeing these particular combinations because now it's a certain thing of, like you almost have to have very defined strategies coming in against any combination of bulk orchestra and then now obviously black generation is seeing these uh particular combinations class was great um and then because this this was a very much a uh, black generation showcase they uh came out with the victories here but uh this was a this was another fun one coming off of that that tag and that six man, this was a good one. I, I, I did have a smile at Hartley Jackson's pile driver of Andrew Tang, where he just stood there and made him wait. And it was like, oh, that's evil. And oh, yeah. To be evil. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was just great. It's just like, yeah, make you think about it. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Yeah, you usually get this. You usually get the stalling part of a pile driver before they hit the mat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Okay, then. Uh, next up was uh, Mazada going up against um, Black Generation International's Yutani. Um, and Mazada takes the win. Mazada is a veteran. He is a former New Japan wrestler, um, has been around for a very, very long period of time. He was, he's the, actually a year, year younger than me. Let's <laughs> tell you how old he is. Started off in New Japan, um, spent a lot of time on the Indies doing his excursion. Went down to Mexico for his full-on excursion, came back to New Japan until 2013. Left to left New Japan, went to Wrestle One to go with Kiyoji Muto, and now wrestles as a regular for Vamo Star Wrestling. Um, always there was another company he wrestles for as well, Tokyo Current Guruntai. He wrestles for them on a regular basis. Um, very experienced wrestler, done an awful lot of stuff. Um, was championships as he won, wrestled a lot of titles. Oh, lots. Wrestle One, WWE Tag Team Champion with Nisawa Rangai, Tokyo Intercontinental Tag Team Champion with Dick Togo, UWA Trios Champion, Tokyo Intercontinental Tag Team Champions, Wrestle One Cruiserweight Champion, UWA World Trios Champion, some of the big tag team championships in Japanese wrestling on the indie scene. Um, yeah, he's he's done quite a, quite an awful lot in the industry. Um, so it's unsurprising that Yutani loses to him, but I thought it was a bit unsurprising he lost to him on a Black Generation showcase to a guest. That seems a bit weird to me. What he did, other than that, though, the match was really entertaining. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, this was my introduction to uh, Mazada. Um, like you said, Listed off everything, very experienced, very decorated, that veteran uh, type presence, which very much came off to me, even in watch, just watching this match, even before you listed off his accomplishments and, and uh, obviously uh, wrestling tenure. So 
Watching this match, this was this was felt like a good test for for Utani. Um, and I think he could have he could have got out with the win, but um, experience, you know, kind of beat him. Mazada was able to take a lot of punishment and keep going and just kept moving through it. And uh, Utani just couldn't put up enough offensive onslaught to take the veteran out. But um, this was a good showcase. And like you said, the odd thing with this being the type of show that it is. Um, you didn't see the necessity of that that victory coming, but uh, you know I can't be I can't be completely mad because and a lot of times Glee does this thing too where they they'll have, you know, uh, somebody with the veteran status of Mazada come in and you kind of don't necessarily know which way they'll go. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a respect thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always appreciate the fact that they they bring in guys uh, who are much more experienced in in uh, in that regard and. You don't always know that it's a, a, a foregone conclusion that they're gonna lose to to put up the problem the young guys. Sometimes, and Glee does a great job at this. We talk about um, sometimes that there's there's victory and defeat in terms of gaining experience because we see all these young guys. So I think this was this was a, a successful loss, if you will. Yes, yes, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, it doesn't hurt Yutani, especially as he's going against a guy with so much experience and stuff. So yeah. Um, next up, we had a tank team match between El Bendito and Katura Suzuki of uh, Black Generation International going up against Bulkao Kostras, Czech Shimitani and Galeno Dalmal, the small guys and the big guys, essentially. This was the crafty veterans, again, and the big monsters tagging together in a thoroughly entertaining match. I really enjoyed this. Bendito has got so much to him, and I think this was a better showcase from him than the last time we saw him when he didn't really have his feet under him, and he took a few less risks in this match, and as a result of that, had a much better outing, though they didn't win. And Galeno de Mal's, freaking Galeno de Mal, he's amazing. Given the size he is and what he can do, I'm amazed he's, if he's going to stay on the Indies for very long, because surely somebody picks that up, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you... Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Explain to me why why, why is he 31 years old and still not signed to somebody? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the wrestling universe just allowing him to be shared by all, you know. Um, and, and maybe you know, you know, Glee is is, is where he's uh, most needed right now. I mean, it's, uh, but like you said, yeah, you know, Galeno Delmar is Galeno Delmar. He's one of those names where like we could talk him up all day, but this is somebody that you would have to really just sit down and watch because it's we can't really do him no justice verbally. Um, and like you said, Czech Shimatani is that 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 stalwart that that's uh, very much a pillar in that vocal orchestra. He's just a stud. Um, but sometimes you, you can't get with somebody like Galeno and kind of just sit back and let them do their thing. And him and this this very much was a showcase between him and and, and Bendito, like you said, who uh, very much felt like he definitely got his legs up under in this match. It kind of came off like a lucha David versus lucha Goliath, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a good showcase, you know, Benito put in a lot of work to, to kind of try to slow down and install them all as much as you can in these type of situations. Um, but yeah, this was a fun back and forth, 10 minutes and 35 seconds used to, um, to his max. And, uh, but ultimately again, like I said, no matter what combination of vocal kiss it is, it is no walk in the park and really this could have been. You know, with the way Galeno Del Mal is set up, this could have been a two-on-one situation, and he probably still would have came out with the win. So, um, yeah, this this was a fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we move on to the big Lucha World Championship match. Emperado Azteca defending against Samuanabe. Samuanabe has been on a bit of a push as of late. So he was an ideal person to represent late in this championship for the Big Lucha World Championship. Big Lucha World Championship has not been around very long. It's part of El Bandido's promotion in Mexico. Emperor Azteca is the second champion after Bandido, because obviously Bandido is quite busy these days in North America. Um, and Samuel Watanabe um, was in a really good form here, though I don't think um, he was going to, I didn't think he was going to take the championship home, but this was, uh, this was fun. This was a good challenge and kind of tells the story of him continuing to climb the ladder of success in Glate. And, you know, we talked last week, he had some big wins recently on the big cards to lead him to this championship opportunity. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where his career is going. And this match was thoroughly entertaining as well. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Love this match. Surprised that we didn't. It's funny, this uh, back and forth, this up and down relationship we seem to have as, as uh, fans. Uh, you know, watching this with the assist of, of cage match because a lot of times we'll we'll me and you'll love a match and be like that didn't get no rating. Um, <laughs> but that that's how I felt here. This was great and, and uh, Emperor Emperor Azteca very much uh, reminded me of a uh, oh sorry cut out there yeah you very much reminded me of King Cuerno uh, Circle Lucha Underground. Mm. Um, it was had some of those vibes and um, beautiful, beautiful uh, big Lucha World title. That's a that's a uh, phenomenal looking title. And like you said, this was another for me another one of those situations where somebody like uh, some Watanabe earned the spotlight, did great in this in this match, um, continuing to grow and, and and put himself in position to, to become a consistent big player for the company. Um, and just another one of those situations where it was successful loss. You didn't expect him to get it. Um, and he definitely got put through the paces as, as the Azteca got to show off what he can do and, and inflict, but also got tested by Wantanabe as well. So, yeah, this was uh, this was definitely a solid outing, and then they could they could have went 20 minutes for me the way this was going. So, but uh, hopefully we get to see more of that uh, Azteca and that that beautiful title uh, down the line. But this was a, this was a fun one that that cage match should have rated. It's interesting <laughs> looking at Azteca's oh, yeah. career. And he's literally been around for 30 years. His debut, his first listed match is in AAA in 1994. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's like, there's, then there's a massive gap. Um, and he wrestles for an indie company in uh, Mexico in that 2005, nine years later. That's not to say he wasn't wrestling, because Cage Match doesn't cover everything, but yeah. it does imply he spent an awful lot of time on the Lucha Indies. Um and it's like you like at that point, but he's really good. <coughs> <coughs> What's he doing there? But obviously, I don't know. That's really strange. There's some odd politics in Lucha, though, regarding to be that they're floated 30 years and be that good. Anyway, these things happen. Next up was the main event of the evening, and they really did hammer home the main event level of this particular match. The team would be, of course, Glate versus Black Generation International. Black Generation International This in this team featured Elemental, who we love on this show, Flamita, who we also love, and the glorious Keita Ishida, who we adore, going up against representatives of 60 Seconds in Tetsu Yuzuchi, uh, um, Strong Heart in El Lindemann, and Bulk Orchestra in Hayato Tamara. Um, this was kind of like 
here's our best versus your best, and this match was blisteringly good. 7.25 from the cage match users, 15 minutes and 15 seconds of just all-out wrestling. They really went at it hard. Um, and it started with Zuzuchi baiting Ishida from their feud from last autumn. Um, and I won another crack at you. And they went at it. And it was just hell for leather from then on. And, yeah, just so much fun to watch this match. And it meant something because you know what's at stake in this match. is bragging rights because, you know, they don't want to get beat on their own show, but it's the best three wrestlers out of each faction. So it's got to be an uphill struggle. And this was great. So what did you think of this one, Marcus? Oh, absolutely. Um, Glee knows how to open and know how to close. Um, this did get a, a, a rating from Cage Match, and uh, it should have as well. Yeah, I mean, this, this kind of sets the stage to kind of let you know what we've been talking about since uh, Black Generation has taken us a, a, a strong foothold in the, in the company. Like, they, you know, um, kind of reminds me back in those days when The Shield was uh, in their apex, and they were, and the company was just throwing, you know, every possible co- combination of uh, six man they could. Uh, I mean, three three ways they could to go at those guys. I mean, this this is, like you said, the best of three of the company's uh, most uh, prominent factions going against these guys because that's how big of a threat they've come. Uh, they've become. So, Lindemann, Tomura, and like you said, Tetsuya. Three of the best in the company, certain like the top guys in their faction, and they put up a hell of a fight. But you know, she is one thing. You got Elemental and Flamita, like that's a lethal combination. And uh, yeah, it was you know hard fall win. You know, Kato uh, Ishida ended it on a on an Ito note with the bridge in German. Can't be mad at that. And uh, yeah, this was this was a fun another one that they could have easily went twenty minutes for me. You know, but yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, was. It, 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 it was also really cool seeing Tamora speak up for his word because I think it was that when Lindemann lost the G-Rex Championship, he asked everyone in the locker room to band together when it came to the Black Generation International, and tomorrow tomorrow suggested that he would always be there for Glate over Bork Orchestra when it came to Black Generation International. To see him, you know, so that's a nice little bit of storytelling of like these where these three guys are tagging together, even though they don't, they are sworn enemies most of the time. There is the enemy of my enemy is the friend. There's a bigger, you know, um, thing that's bringing us together, which was really cool. All right, then we move on to more regular business, which is Blade 50. Now, Cage Match, you've not done a page for that yet. So I'm going off of the BW Mania results page, um, which doesn't give me a place where they were which is unfortunate, nor a um, attendance. But it looked like there was 100 people in there, at least. It was, it was very good. And it was kind of back to where we was. 60 seconds, John Tonchu and Tetsuji defeated Yu Iska and Issei Onitskaya. Um, Iska and Onitskaya seem to be tagging together on a more regular basis, that's because there's not many people left on the late regular army, so I suppose they have to. <laughs> hmm. But this was fun. I enjoyed this. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Uh, the fun opener, um, four of the best uh, young gunners in the company. Uh, any combination you put with these guys is going to be great. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm a big fan of 60 Seconds, and you'll never hear me complaining about them getting a win. And uh, I think it, it was cool to, to what they ended up doing. I think it was a, 
don't know if it was you or you or not, but they 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 did a uh, got a two for one special in the end with the uh, bridge in German with the uh, pennant combination. So that was that was a cool finish as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, just, yeah, just fun. It was just fun. It kind of, yeah, it, it was just a fun match and great back and forth. And yeah, no, it was good. Uh, next up, Keio Matsushita defeated Yukari Hosokawa. Obviously, Hosokawa is the regular great rookie young lady. But Matsushita has not been wrestling long. She is listed, she's 20 years old. She started at the age of 17. She is from Ice Ribbon. She works for Ice Ribbon. Um, where are we? Oh, I've lost the page now. Um, uh, <laughs> I looked her up and now I can't find it. Where are we? Yeah, she works for Ice Ribbon under normal circumstances, but this is kind of she's kind of one of the wrestlers that kind of got stuck when it came to the pandemic because you look at 2021, she had 19 matches, and then in 2022, she had 130, 116 just for Ice Ribbon, <laughs> mm. and then. She had two for Glade, she had two for Diana, a couple for Seedwine, and wrestled for DDT as well. So she's growing her depth. Um, I think House of Cowell might actually have more experience than she does because she started when she was like 12. Um, but yeah, so this was an interesting little wrestling match to see. House of Cowell obviously missing out on the guidance uh, of any seniors in the company because she essentially is the senior um, wrestler in the, in the Joshua division now because she's the only one there at the moment um so there's that what did you think of this one marcus it was a fun one to watch uh my uh, introduction to, to these two the women always bring it um and, and, and glee has been uh great at showcasing that more now consistently um yeah yukari kind of came out the gate trying to use power um moves and very much uh you know just kind of tossing around and then once uh Young and kind of got going. She kind of pummeled over strikes and 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 came back at it with the submissions. And uh, that that la that last I think instance of combinations with her successfully catching up with the pen I thought that was really good. Um, these two got that good chemistry with each other. Not hopefully it's not the last time we get them on the show because um, I think they got some more stuff to go. And give, and they, they honestly, the way things were going, I, I like to see them in the UWF situation. So we'll see. But this was a good, good stuff. The women always deliver, though. So it's, it's never, it's always a certain tier that, that's going to be reached. But um, yeah, this this was fun. And I think that the young lady showcased herself well. I completely agree. Uh, next uh, one is six man tag team action as Yan's family, Masata Kamino, Takanori Ito, and Yusuke Kadama lose. Lose to the veterans, Kazayashi, Minoru Tanaki, and Sichi Ikimoto. This was a fun match. And after the match, the promo was said to suggest that Kazayashi had joined Yam's family after Kazayashi takes a pin call victory over Yusuke Kadama. Uh, and then Inishishi Onitsukaya came down to ringside to try and talk Kazayashi out of it. I'm not sure where this is going to lead anyone. But there we go. That's that's what's currently going on with Yam's family. Um, you know... Uh, if you're going to have one guy on your side, I guess it's the lead booker of the company should be on your team. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, this is it. like you said, man, this was a fun one. Yon's family has been fun to watch because they're such a, I, I guess I guess the best word I could use right now would be uncanny uh, combination. But they, <laughs> they work. They've been gelling well. They, they, you know, just 
watching them build that chemistry and grow is uh, a trio has been fun uh, to do. Uh, but the, but the Wiley veterans came out there and kind of showed showed them what's for. They still got a ways to go, even with you know our boy Ito kind of leading that charge. Um, and it was fun. But I think it's because of seeing the the rapidness of their growth and the efficiency in which they showcasing it. Um, that they're drawing uh, potential uh, additions, even from the people that they're losing to, which is ironic. But like you said, if you go have somebody on your side, you know, um, who better? So uh, we'll see where this is going. But like I said, I think, you know, Jan's family has, has definitely been, even with all this uh, faction wars that's been going on, they've been somebody that's been uh, smart about taking advantage and not, uh, trying to do too much, but just enough to keep their names on the radar. And this is, uh, this is saying like, this is not the, you know, obviously we keep talking about just their recruit, the unique recruiting style. And I think this is a better version of that because it's just letting the actions talk for them instead of trying to, you know, bum rush people after matches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we move on to the next match, which was Black Generations International, Kadura Suzuki. To be honest, taking 60 seconds, Kiyuchi Sato to school. This was a bit of a drubbing. Um, but you kind of expect it when, you know, one of the gods of junior heavyweight wrestling turns up and takes on a rookie who's not had the best win-loss record, even with his stable mates with him. So it was kind of expected. What was unexpected was the finish. Katoro Suzuki won this match with a side headlock. After last week, when we suggest, said that Sam Watanabe won a match with a drop kick, we are getting down to basics here. A bit of return to the days of Ed Strangler Lewis. Katoro Suzuki <laughs> won this with a headlock. Marcus, were you partying like it was 1936? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't mad at it. This match was, um, you know, got to appreciate Glee. It, it's, it's such a variety of, of styles and um interpretation of displays and execution of, uh, you know, match types and how things go. Like, this could have been kind of the way that the winner was slow, was, it was plotting, but it was very much intentional. Like you said, it was a showcase of, like, you're good, kid, but you are nowhere near my league. Um, you know me, I'm already rooting for 60 seconds, but this is it's kind of what this was. He kind of got housed for, for the entirety of the match. And like you said, the fact that he ended it basically with a, very much a, a grinder's headlock, if you will, kind of showcase what he was doing throughout the entire match. Um, so this is a good learning tool uh, for, for Sati, and I think, um, you know, this is this is a building block in his journey as well, and, you know, he definitely appreciated it after the match that his boys came to have his back, like, okay, you won, you're not finna sit up here and, you know, um, get any more notches on your belt, if you will. So that was that was fun another fun one but i think you kind of need stuff in you know some of these young guys elevation to kind of kind of you know it's a it's a more a blow to the ego than anything that's kind of go help him um but i don't think he needs to be getting the ring with this guy anytime soon but i very much appreciate it to your point about partying like it's 1990 in the 90s around just getting back to formula you know it don't always need to be big and flashy these moves hurt and these moves are effective you only need three seconds on the mat or I have a minute seconds of pain to get the victory. So I very much appreciate that. Okay, then. Oh, yeah. We move on to the next match, which featured 
the Welshman, Drew Parker, um, famously deathmatch wrestler, wrestles for Big Japan uh, Wrestling in Japan, wrestles for DDT, wrestles for Anita's Promotions, um, does commentary for Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, um, but he's one hell of a wrestler. He's done, and I, I hate to say that because it sounds like deathmatch wrestling isn't, it's, I know how hard it is and it's really difficult to do and he's one of the best in the world at it. Um, and, you know, he got a lot of dates in uh, the US to wrestle deathmatch stuff, which he kind of had to put on hold. Um, but he's now back in Japan full time. He's working uh, as a commentator for TJPW, doing matches for them. He's all over the place. He's a very busy young man. Um, unfortunately, in this particular match, after performing a Topicon Hilo on Sam Watanabe, there was a massive smack. And I was really scared because Soma had missed the mat when he landed. So he bumped with the back of his head on concrete. And I was really scared that he'd given himself a concussion because it was a hell of a thump. But he actually turned out that Drew Parker twisted his ankle or sprained his ankle. He's currently had to cancel some matches in DDT and BJW because of that, which is unfortunate for him because Drew Parker is one of the truly exceptional British wrestling talents going at the moment. Um, and he's doing all of that work on the international scene. And, you know, I'm really impressed by his work. He's still a very young man. He's going to go very, very far doing the things that he does. Um, but yeah, um, he did say he did say that he was going to leave deathmatch wrestling, and he's had a couple of deathmatch style wrestling matches. Um, uh, he's had a he's had a couple of he's had a matches in BJW, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are deathmatches because they have regular wrestling divisions as well. And he's a top junior heavyweight, um, and he can promo in Japanese. Because <laughs> he speaks for Japanese, because he's lived there now for a, for a couple of years. Um, him and Chris Brooks and DDT, they're close friends, but they are doing amazing things, which we don't speak about as much as we do, say, someone like Will Ospreay um, or Zack Sabre Jr., because they're in the smaller promotions. But hey, they make a living. They pay all, of, they make a wage as wage men wrestlers in Japan. And not many Gaijins can say that in this day and age. So. Yeah, Drew Parker doing an amazing job. Soma Watamabe still the most handsome man in professional wrestling. Um, unfortunately, this match was cut short, but I'd like to see these two go again. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Well, this was great. And, and you know, uh, to echo some of your sentiments, while I'm not uh, a very big fan at all of the, the, the death match, I uh, very much have appreciation not only for, you know, what all that entails um, in terms of a concept. Um but also the people who thoroughly engross themselves in that because it's not easy. You know, it's a, you know the, the art form in general, just in, in, in a regular outing, is, is hard enough on the body and, and the mechanics and whatnot. But, you know, the elevated to a death match and all that entails, um, it takes it to a new level. So, I, you know, huge respect to this, this young man for, you know, not only thriving in that environment, but, um, you know, elevating in a way and kind of getting away from that and, and uh it's funny because you, you kind of see he, he came into this match with a certain level of confidence. I was, you know, we talked about the, you know, Watanabe is young and up and, you know, coming in very much establishing himself, but um, Hoss came into it with a certain confidence. And I think you kind of build that when you have those uh, death matches because you have to have a certain confidence having those matches because you have to kind of very much be double protective of uh, everything in those particular scenarios. So, uh, he looked really good here, um, 
And I think I think somebody like Washington was a great opponent for him. And like you said, it was unfortunate. I'm glad he wasn't concussed because that was a very nasty landing he took. Um, and uh, for sprained ankle is all it was. That was certainly the better of the of the two potential options. So uh, sucks that this match could cut short, but they definitely need to run this back and hopefully. You can kind of see him uh, maybe down the line going for um, a title of some sort. But, yeah, um, hopefully we could, he could be an addition to the roster because I think that, that the guy's great, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in prime away from his commentary gig at TJPW where he is very, very good. Him and Chris Brooks commentating. It's really bizarre because you've got a Welshman and a guy from the Midlands commentating on Japanese wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I always have a, a great respect for those guys who – uh, quote unquote guidance, if you will, kind of not only you know go to these uh, uh, foreign promotions and immerse themselves in not only the 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 company but the um, obviously the the environment and, and you know some guys like Kenny Omega and, and and this young man and others who very much involved and um, immerse themselves in the culture to where they take time to learn Japanese, um, you know, as a, a form of not only elevating their own uh, resume and skills there, but also I think it's a sign of respect to, you know, like I said, the environment and certainly mm-hmm. the opponents that they do that. Um, and, it's, and it's also not easy to do. So, you know, hats off to him for that. Absolutely, certainly. Right then, we move on. Jack Black Generation International, Hartley Jackson, Keito Ishida, Yutani defeated the GUX G Infinity Tag Team Champions, Chuck Simitani and Hayato Tomorrow, and Quiet Storm in a six-man tag team match. This obviously has championship implications down the line. Um, but in the meantime, while the rest of the match, this this was great. Um, the two big heel units going up against each other, well-matched for size, monsters, and everything else. This was a ton of fun. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, we kind of knew. We kind of knew this was always coming. This was, you know, um, you know, j- just with the mindset, even with. Um, KT not necessarily being champion right now. We we know Black Generation's goal is to take over, um, and and primarily in wrestling, the takeover kind of includes taking all the gold. And um, you know, we we knew eventually they was gonna set they set they sights on the tag titles, and kind of that's what they did here. Um, this this combination of opponents, these two factions, that's that's a that's a closing match on any show to me. Like you said, this was fun, and it's it's funny. Like I always talk about, vocal orchestra is no walk in any park on any day in any combination of the faction, and you have to have a certain game plan. So to see how this match ended with some um, chair machinations on Quiet uh, <laughs> Storm as a way to, to kind of close those guys out, showing that just how much of a threat they still are. That even Black Generation can't use their straight up and down tactics to get them. And very much eked out with a win here, but like you said, it's not about how the win, you know, how the win came about. It's about what it implies, and it implies that these guys very much set themselves up for a title shot. And if they did this just to get the shot, imagine what they'll do uh, to take advantage to uh, take the title. So, um, you know, Gleed is always good about building up stuff like this and then paying it off in a very big way in a great match that probably will likely main event. Um, an upcoming show, so I'm very much looking forward to it. But like, like you said, these Black Generation Book Orchestra, that's that's a that's a solid outing anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, I think you're right. I think as well, it's like Black Generation International look like the first serious threats to those mm-hmm. tag team championships that uh, Shimitani and uh, Tamora have held for a very, very long time. I think it's coming up on a year. I'll have to look it up. Um, G Infinity. Infinity Tag Team Championships. Established Infinity Championship. They've held those belts since. Um, Oh, October. Current champions of Bulk Orchestra. 244 plus days. Six defenses so far. Um, which will tell you, like, um, yeah, um, yeah, so sorry, I'm <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of extra information. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, good. Lineal champions are Shigehiro, Erie, and T Hawk because they were supposed to wrestle. Like the lineal champion Shimitani Hitari, Hitari, Chitani will have originally scheduled to defend the titles in the Kazayashi team at this event. Well, Paul, due to tomorrow not being cleared to compete, having suffered an injury in early October, Erie and T-Hawk defeated Hayashi and seemed to become interim champions. Erie and T-Hawk were defeated by lineal champion Shemitani and... Uh, right, okay, now I remember, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to read that because it completely distracted me. But yes, they've held the belts for 244-plus days, which has been a long title reign because even the, the singles championship has changed. happens three times, um, since, or twice, rather, since... Uh, they became champions as tag team champions, so we'll have to see what goes on with that. But it's they are they are the biggest one of the biggest attractions going in late. So yeah, interesting stuff. The next was a, a special tag team match: G-Rex champion T Hook and former G-Rex champion L Linderman went up against Bulk Orchestra's Kazuko Sakimoto and Ryuichi Kawakami, one of the other big teams in uh, Bulk Orchestra. This kind of puts Bulk Orchestra behind strong hearts, I think, at the moment. You know, it kind of like secured them like, all right, the tag team championships is one thing, whereas the faction's concerned, we're less concerned about you than we are about uh, Black Generation International. So this made uh, this made it, the match an awful lot of fun. I enjoyed this story. What did you think of this one, Marcus? No, this was great, man. Like you said, you, you kind of see the, um, it's kind of puts them behind, you know, uh, strong horse in the middle, which is cool to see because ultimately, what you know? What we're seeing is Bulk Orchestra is fighting um, for their spot. Like they, they can always they you know, like you said, these these factions are, are sworn enemies, and they know there's always going to be there. But this is their environment. This is their uh, playground, if you will. Um, and there's a certain pecking order that was very well established by Bulk Orchestra that is thoroughly being threatened right now, and it's more important to them. Um, to, to regain status in that pecking order, um, you know, against this huge threat that they're having to literally, you know, band together with enemies to face, as opposed to, you know, straight up and down trying to go back and forth rankings with, with you know, with the guys that they know are always going to be there. So um, it, it just kind of just, again, coming off of that, that, that uh, Black Generation show kind of just, again, shows the looming threat that those guys still have even without the, the g-rex championship so um yeah it's just it's just really cool to see and obviously you know cool to see strong hearts take that like you said that kind of leap over them right now because it's just a lot of back generation is pulling this roster in a lot of different directions but it's creating some really great story and, and combinations that we we wouldn't have gotten otherwise 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so that leads us to the main event of the G Infinity Championship. Sorry, the G Rexton One Contenders Fatal Six Way Match. Shimitani, Yuizuka, Issei Amitsaka, and Masato Kamino, Jun Tanshoi, and Yutani uh, from various different factions all going up in a bit of a scramble match, which Czech Shimitani took. Um, so he will be the first challenger to T-Hawk for the G-Rex Championship. Um, this was a fun match. I, you know I'm not a big fan of multi-man matches, but this kind of did what it needed to do. It was hell for leather, full throttle, and Shimitani winning, who is the wily veteran who's sneaky and gets away with murder, was the obvious choice to win this style of match. It kind of like matched his style and approach. Um, so there you go. Shimitani will crack, crack at T-Hook at the next available opportunity. How do you feel about Shimitani as a challenger? And how do you feel about this match, Marcus? I always appreciate matches like this, uh, the multi-man uh, aspect more than you, uh, just because I, I, I can appreciate thoroughly well-organized chaos. Um, <laughs> and this was this was good, like, uh, you know, the fact that we got uh, Shimitani, another, uh, you know, we just got through talking about uh, orchestra, and we almost forget, because they, they're also great at, you know, just as a faction in general, they're forced, but you know, they also break down into, you know, these great tag scenarios that we just got through talking about. But, you know, then you, you break it down even further than that. And these guys are really good one-on-one um, -on -one opponents that, that oftentimes, because, again, I feel I said, like, these are Japanese guys that very much um, have build and that they're kind of uh, almost Samoan attitude, if you will. Um, they are forces to be regular. They almost feel like factions by themselves when they're in single scenarios and, and coming off what we just saw with T-Hawk who you know kicked in a different gear not only on the way to the championship but taking the championship I think this is a great um, first guy out of the gate and test for him and obviously putting Shimatani in a position to get more eyes looking on him and in the singles I think is uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great combination and continued or continues the you know the story of, of Book Orchestra kind of, you know, very much having their eyes on the prize in terms of, of taking down uh, BGI, but also uh, finding a way to kind of keep their stronghold in the promotion in general. Because like I said, that's that's what this is all about, them retaining uh, their stronghold on the, on the promotion, but in a good way. Because ultimately, everybody kind of agreed, like, no matter how we feel about each other, those guys are trying to kill everything we set up here. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, with that, we like to call it today a day on Glate for this particular show. Um, we've looked at the Black Generation International show, and we've looked at Glate version 50 today. So, Marcus, where can we find you on the internet, please, sir? Yes, the continued uh, waterfall of doom that has become uh, Elon Musk's social media hailscape known as Twitter. Uh, find me at Paradox Kid, that's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D, always down in chat. Uh, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter, Sheriff Lone Star TX on Instagram. You can find, oh, a Mastodon at Sheriff Lone Star. I can't remember what's there from, social.media or something. Anyway, find me on there. You can also find the show, Troop Me Show, on Twitter and on Facebook, Troop Me Show, and, sorry, and on um, 
Instagram Troopany Show. On Patreon, on Facebook, it is the Troopany Show. So you can keep us free forever for everyone there. Not sure what we're going to look at next week, but I have a feeling it's going to be exploding light bulbs in TJPW with Anna or John or possibly both. They don't know this yet. I haven't asked them. We'll see. But in the meantime, please enjoy your wrestling. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we will be back next week with Today at Best of Super Juniors. So that starts next Friday. Um, we have kind of given up on New Japan for a bit because it got boring. <laughs> um, there was a couple there was a couple of big shows last week, but nothing serious changed, I don't think. There was, there was a couple of title changes. But I think, to be honest with you, we probably won't go back to New Japan except for like today at shows until we get to Dominion because no one wants to talk about it because it got boring that quickly that no one's really interested until something big happens again. Which is fair enough. But it's really reasonable why I like Glate, because Glate's always something big happening in Glate. So that's kind of our regular go-to show rather than New Japan these days, because it's more fun. But we do look at Ring of Honor, we look at Impact occasionally, we look at Noah a lot, we look at TJPW a lot. So we like to give you variety on the Troopany show as well. So that's Amen. what we'll do. Indeed. Yeah. There's yeah. more than one wrestling company in the world, and that's kind of always been the point of this show. Right then, take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you.